Let's get started. I'm Joe. I'm Brian, and we are Where's the Rulebook Podcast. We're going to bring you a weekly board game podcast for your lunch break, daily commute, or any other time of the day. For season two, we are changing the format. Instead of focusing on one game and going over the rules to play it, we will have a theme or specific game. We'll discuss our opinions, any cool features, some rulings, and any other thoughts that may come up. And because of popular demand throughout last season, we're going to start ranking the games that we talk about. But we have created a custom scale. We didn't want to do a 1 to 10 or anything. So we have our highest being leave it on the table to the lowest being a hard pass. But we'll go over all five options uh, every week we talk about them. And welcome to this week's episode where we are going to go back and focus on one game unlike last week where we had just an overall theme. Uh, This week we are focusing on a game from AEG and Flat Out Games uh, of Cascadia. It's a tile-placing, drafting type of game where you are scoring points based on a number of different items, all based on the wildlife that you are collecting and are able to put into your environment. So this is the first game we are reviewing that doesn't have lore, does it? Like, we're not playing as someone. Yeah, we're just just playing a game. I mean, it's just like Wingspan, I guess. We are just... Well, Wingspan has lore. We're a bird watcher. And we're we're building those uh, ecosystems for the the birds and attracting them. Yeah, you're a a bird watcher that's attracting. This game, you are just a a fan of nature, I guess. I don't... (laughs) But you're... Yeah, I guess we're not building the ecosystem. We're just part of it, <laughs> which is I guess you kind of a deep mapping. conversation I guess we could have. We're mapping out the uh, habitats. Yeah, kind of. But like, yeah, I guess we are. We're more of cartographers. Than... That's true. <laughs> but yeah, you, you're right. There's not a whole lot of lore involved in this Interesting. game. It doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. I didn't even think about it, though. Yeah, I didn't oh. really either. I just always kind of assumed similar lore to, to like Wingspan being sure. we're just collectors or watchers or fans of outdoors which conveniently we both are and i think this game does it really well it is really nice we're actually ahead of the curve on this one though normally with like wingspan we waited years to play it but yeah. with cascadia this came out less than a year ago didn't it yeah i got it late last year i got it as a christmas gift um and you you got you and your uh wife played this yeah, we play it all the time. This is one of the two games that we travel with quite a bit. Uh, this and Wingspan are the two that we break it down, so we're not bringing the whole box with us, but uh, we'll bring just what we need and put them in little bags and put them into our suitcases. I'm fairly new to the the game. You introduced me, obviously. You have it. Yeah, we've played it several quite times. a bit at this point, but yeah, yeah, within the last few months, for sure, for you. But yeah, and actually, funny enough, I was going to have this on last week's episode for underrated games until it won Game of the Year. <laughs> I, I, I would disagree. I don't think it's underrated. <laughs> I I really thought it I was. When I saw the Game of the Year awards and this won, I was like, what? People are playing this? Like, I knew it's rated pretty well on Board Game Geek, and, but I haven't seen it around. Yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere. I've only seen it in one store. It was after I already owned it. It was bought online for me, I know, but I don't see it around. So I was surprised, but not surprised that it won Game of the Year. It deserves it. Like, it is an amazing game, but I I was not expecting it to even be nominated, to be honest. It's very rare that it gets the recognition. Usually it's the opposite. And that's why, like, if we would have recorded the underrated one two months early, which, like I said, we're not that far in advance, but if we would have recorded that two months early, I would have had this on my list. And then it would have been like, game of the year. Like, ooh, ooh what? I guess <laughs> not underrated. <laughs> Didn't age well at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the game itself is very simple. There is a, a decent number of components um, based on how simple it is. But really, there are five different types of animals. And then there are habitat tokens and tiles, I guess, that you are going to be playing. And then scoring cards are basically what you need. And each animal in the in the game itself, they come with like I think four or five different scoring options depending, and they're rated. 
like A, B, C, and D. A's are the easiest, and mm. they go, they get a little harder, and they explain them all on the card. And then you pick one for each animal. You can it says randomly select. I don't generally. My wife and I will randomly select, but like when we played with you, I handpicked them. Yeah. And I want to overwhelm you on the first one. So I like generally will handpick some of them, the ones that are a little bit easier to comprehend. Some of them get a little difficult. You have to really think about how the scoring works. The eagles and the foxes for sure. The hawks. They're not eagles. The hawks. The red-tailed hawks. <laughs> but yeah, some of them get a little difficult when it comes to scoring. I mean, they're spelled out pretty well on the card. And then in the rule book, it actually breaks them down even more if you have more questions. The rule book does a great job having an example of a bunch of the different uh, scores. And it like shows someone's like fake habitat they made. And like it says, like, oh, this person gets seven points for the salmon. And you can look at the... Not only can you like read why... You can like look at the board and like physically count and be like, oh, yep, that's how they get seven. A great way to learn kind of how that scoring works. I know I used that a bunch when we first started playing. Now I don't need to because I've done it so much. But <laughs> at first I was like, wait, how do they get to seven? Like, am I doing this right? I have not seen the rule book, but what really intrigues me off the bat is actually the design of the tiles because at its surface, it's very similar to another game. To lots of games. <laughs> Yahtzee. Yeah. So much like Yahtzee. No. <laughs> it, it reminds me of Carcassonne. Yeah. Quite quite a bit because it's they're tiles. They're Same up, similar shape. They're upside down. Yep. You it's a draft where you pick it, you pick one upside down, you flip it, and you have to place it on your board. Yep. Um, well, you get to pick from a pool, I guess. Yeah. And this one, unlike Carcassonne, you are picking from a little selection of four so you have some say in what you grab but not too much but what makes it a step above is i like that the backs of all of the tiles aren't are, just blank cardboard no think. they're actually like designed yeah. it looks like uh like a topographical map it's really nice just a nice little touch that didn't they didn't need to didn't need to i mean i like that they're finished and not just raw yeah. cardboard but they definitely didn't need it but yeah you bring up a good point let's talk about kind of the setup of the game and what you see. So you kind of mentioned the tiles are upside down and you're drafting from that pool. But everyone starts with the starting piece, which I like. Unlike in, in Carcassonne, you have to like kind of keep them separate. The back's a little darker or whatever. Yeah. Like this game, they're a three they're three times the size of the other ones because it's three habitats that you get to start with. And you randomly select them. They don't super matter. I think you get all five habitats. It keeps it a little different. On the card, but yeah. So you get one of the little three little triangle of, of tiles to start with. And then in the middle, you have four face up. And then you have four of their wildlife tokens face up that are kind of in line with the, the tiles. There's little wooden hogs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the picture of the animal. On. Yeah, the color coded to the animal, then also the picture. The picture is on one side, which... For me, I wish the pictures on both. I always them over. My wife makes fun of me because there's a few of them I have. I struggle with knowing what color they are sometimes. <laughs> so I flip them over and she always laughs at me. But So it'd be nice if the pictures were on both. But but yeah, so in the center of the table, you have the four face up. There's always four face up. So it's not like every turn it gets less or anything. There's always going to be four face up and then four animals that go with it. And on your turn, you just basically are selecting which combo you want. And then you put them into your habitat. And then you, the cool thing is that there's two options. You're grabbing the habitat tile, but you're also grabbing that wildlife. And you don't have, they don't have to go together on your board. Like you can put them anywhere on your board. So it's not like, oh, I have to put the bear with the tile that you grabbed. You just have to grab them as a pair. And then afterwards, you get to kind of put them wherever you want. What really elevates this game for me is the let's is actually the token part for the animals so again i'm gonna i'm gonna relate this to carcassonne only because in carcassonne they're i mean they're they're both cardboard laying but in carcassonne they're you're building a city roads fields in the same sense you're building habitats these have wetlands forests seas mountains so that's pretty similar and that by itself would be probably enough but to add another level of complexity it is the wildlife i like that each of these are just diverse enough 
that it makes it so you have to think, okay, yeah. where do I put this? Do I want to put the bear next to the bear at the cost of ruining my mountain range I had going? <laughs> or yep. do I bank on my mountain and put the bear somewhere else? Yeah. I like that a lot. It, and the scoring cards do a really good job making it feel different every time. So it's not just like always. You don't always have that same issue like, oh, mountain range or bear. Right. Like Because sometimes you need three bears next to each other. Sometimes you need two. And so, like, you have, like, the scoring cards, I think, do a great job. Even though there's only four or five each, mm -hmm. they do a good job keeping the game different every time, even though you play the same scoring cards. Even if you play the same ones over and over, it's going to feel different enough every time, I feel like. I actually like that there's less scoring cards. Yeah. If there was too many, you'd be reviewing them quite frequently. Like, oh, what does that one do again? Yep, exactly. But then, yeah, there's one for each animal type. Yep. And there's only four options or for each animal type. So after a few playthroughs, you kind of have seen them. I think, yeah, I think they did a really good job. I think it's really cool that on your turn, like your options with either where you place your habitat or where you place that animal, really you can kind of carry through the entire game. Like you can focus more on the animal scoring. Like, oh, if I get pairs of bears next to each other, I get, you know, 10 victory points because that's what the card says. Or you can focus on making a habitat that makes sense and having the mountains next to mountains and having fields next to fields and stuff. And though it, though the game doesn't tell you straight up, it is important to have the biggest habitat, which is like the connecting tiles yeah. of like the, the similar habitats, like the mountains, the forest. It's definitely a balancing act. And even though you don't, there's no interaction in between boards, uh, which at first I was like, I kind of wish we were like, doing something i didn't have my own habitat that i was working on myself because at times i'm like oh am i playing this with someone else or am i playing it by myself and so i do wish like at first i was like i wish there was some interaction i wish i could mess up your board a little bit or something but you don't need it because it's really just a balancing act and now that after playing it it's that the interaction is okay i see that they have you know five mountains next to each other like there's only gonna be four more cards drawn like are there gonna be mountains left like should i try to get mountains or should i just like give up on that mountain and you know focus on a fox or whatever and like that is the interaction it's that balancing of how much do you focus on the animals compared to the habitat and then just kind of like judging off of what you see off your opponent and what they've been grabbing and stuff like that Right. And the, the habitats matter as well because those are points Yeah, at the end of the game, right? They're, they're just points based on how many you have. And yeah. the size of it gives you bonus points if you're in first, second. Yeah, whatever. depending on how many people you play with. If you oh, only yeah. play with two, only the, the highest only highest. one gets points. But if you're playing with three, it's first and second. How many players is up to? Four? Uh, I think you actually can play it uh, yeah, up to four. One to four. Okay. I've not played it with four yet. No, I have, and it was, it's fine. I can imagine it's because yeah. you take tiles in and out based on how many players. Yeah, so the, everyone has 20 turns uh, throughout the game, and so depending on how many people you play, you remove a handful of the habitat tiles. You don't ever remove animal tiles. Um, those all just stay in the, the, the big bag. bag, and you just <laughs> grab as you need them. Um, so, yeah, you do remove, and even if you're playing with four, you always remove two if you play with four. So that just means you're not going to have the exact same tiles every time you play, which is nice. Just that, just enough that you can't be like, okay, I know that there is this many. There's 12 mountains <laughs> and I see 10 of them because, you know, you don't know what two got removed. I like the, I didn't know that it, they don't take any of the animal, animal yeah. tokens out because that means, I forget how many there are. There's like, I think there's less bears than most. Uh, they're all the same, actually. There are really? 20 of each. I don't believe that. I've played <laughs> this game enough to know that there's less bears than anything else. It, <laughs> it really depends on the scoring card and what I find. Like, sometimes, like, like, oh, like, the hawk scoring seems so easy. Like, I just have to have hawks lined up with each other, and then I never see a hawk again. I'm like, how have I not seen any hawks? There's only, like, two of them. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, with having 100 wildlife tokens and only playing with two or three people, I mean, that's... 20 it's true wildlife that you don't ever see out of the bag potentially i mean there are ways to manipulate what you draw which we haven't talked about yet but there's going to still be you know 20 
That blows my mind. I didn't know that. I actually That's didn't. Crazy. I just looked it up because I, when you said like there's probably less, because I was like, hey, maybe, but no, they're all there's twenty of each. For me, it's the bears. I've never, I never see enough of them. I, well, all of the bears, I think all of the bear scoring is groups. You need multiple yeah. of some sort. Mama and cubs, elk as well, and the fish, the salmon. Yeah, elks they have like single options, so oh, okay. like you can still score if you just have one elk somewhere. And maybe the bears do too, but it does seem like the bears tend to be more of a group option. Like, yeah, the mother and cub, the family, the big Group. groups, yep. and then the matching pair. So that there's there's no option for a single scoring bear. Where like even the longest salmon run, you get points for one. you get points for one. You just don't get very many. <laughs> <laughs> Still counts. But yeah, so like the bears, you always have to have two of. So when you're playing, I mean, there's only 20 of them total, and you're playing with two or three other people. And everyone has two bears. Everyone yeah. has two bears already. You Odds know. are getting less. Compared to all the other ones have options. Most of the other ones have options for a single scoring option. And it's cool, too, because it, one of the things that happens when you decide, so once you draw your tile and you get your, your wildlife and your habitat, you put them on your board. You can't move them after you put them. Then uh, you just you can place them, you know. However, if you want to, you can put mountains next to the mountain or whatever, or you can just throw a mountain in the middle of a field, totally allowed. And then you put you place that wildlife token on any of them. So every card has either every every tile I should say not card has either <laughs> one, two, or three animals on it. Those are the animals that are allowed to be on that tile, and they all generally make sense. Like sometimes generally other than like the random fish in the field one but like <laughs> for the most part like they make sense like okay yep the bears are going to be in the wetlands or in the fields and then the, they're not going to be in the river as often stuff like that but you can place that wildlife token wherever you want like we said as long as the habitat allows you to place it and there's some that have just one on it which obviously means you have to place that type of animal on it and they call them the keystone. So I don't really know if that's a, a term that I'm like, I know what a keystone is, but like, I don't know why that fits in the wildlife world. I also don't know why the keystone, as I put in air quotes, has an arrow on it. Yeah. When the whole tile is one habitat, one animal. Yep. Yeah. The keystones are the single of everything. So one animal, like we just, like, like Joe just mentioned and one habitat, like Joe mentioned, when all the other habitat tiles have two, two. Um, I don't, yeah, there's no three options. I've never seen it. <laughs> um, so they're either ones or twos and then animals are one, two, and three. But yeah, they have a big white triangle on the front of them. And I guess you could make an expansion with three. It would work. Yeah, you could. I guess that would be the one we were talking about before we started recording. How like, would you do an expansion? How would you do an expansion? Which is hard because if you add an animal, you'd have to all new tiles. Yeah. If you added a habitat, you'd have to all new tiles because all of a sudden you have, you know, but 83 triple. habitats that don't work. But triple because it's a hexagon. Yeah, you could. would work. You could do a triple. But when you place that wildlife on that keystone, which is the one animal only with the weird white triangle on it, you also get a nature token. An acorn. An acorn or... It's an acorn. It's not a leaf. No, it's not a leaf. It is definitely an acorn. Isn't it? <laughs> it's a nature token. Is what they I, call I know it. you wanted to say leaf because I think when I play with you guys. No, it's definitely. It's you always call them, and my wife does the same thing. The hawks. She no one ever calls them hawks for whatever reason. And then the elk. Everyone says moose. It's, moose. <laughs> it's an elk. They're very different things. They're both terrifying, but they're very different. One's very large. They both are very large. Uh, I don't think elks are as large as moose. Uh, yeah, probably not as large, but large enough that I don't want to run into one in the back alley. Or in general. <laughs> I guess I don't want to run into most things in back alleys, but <laughs> if I see an elk in the back of the alley, I'm I'm running the other way. I have a lot of questions for one. <laughs> what alley are you in? Uh, but you get that, that nature that token. Elk? How do I know that's an elk? <laughs> I'm an Eagle Scout. I know what my animals are. You can tell the way it is because the way it is. <laughs> it is pretty, pretty neat. It's pretty neat. <laughs> I respect your distance. <laughs> oh, amazing old YouTube videos that oh, Lenny Pepperbomb. don't really exist anymore because now everything's on TikTok. But look at all that. <laughs> Not every day you get nature. <laughs> Not every day you get nature out here. Not every day you get all this nature in one place. <laughs> 
It's such a good video. It's amazing. That was him for Halloween a few years ago. I remember. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, you get back to the game. You get the nature token, the acorn, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's definitely not a leaf. It's definitely an acorn. Is it an acorn? No, it's not an acorn. It's a pine cone. Same thing. No, they're not. I know, but you called it an That's acorn. what it was. It's a pine cone. <laughs> it's a pine cone. That's not a leaf. You, like, <laughs> you just were like, oh, you wanted to correct me. I was like, no, it's not a leaf. Like It clearly isn't a leaf. I couldn't even think of what it's it was. It's clearly an acorn. It, it's clearly. <laughs> says the Eagle Scout. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's not an acorn. Uh, acorns are very different. Uh, this is a pine cone, but it's a nature token either way. Yeah. And you get it. <laughs> it's worth one point at the end of the game if you decide to keep it forever. It's just worth one point at the end, which has, for us, made or break the game. It also is a tiebreaker option, too. Whoever has the most acorns can break a tie. Acorns? Whatever. <laughs> nature tokens. The, and But the other thing you do is you can choose to play one on your turn. So not only can you just get victory points, you can play it and do a handful of things. So you can mix and match the habitat and the wildlife you want to grab. So even though they're not lined up in the pair of the four in the middle, you can just grab whatever two you want and you just cash in your nature token for that. I find myself doing that one the most. I think I do that one the most. I've done I've done the other one. The other option is you can cash one in and change out any number of the wildlife token. So you can do one up one to four. You can just get new ones from the bag. I've done that like at the towards the end of a game where I'm like just desperately looking usually for the bear. Um and just like I've cashed in multiple trying to find a bear. The only thing I'm going to do is I'm gonna get a bear as soon as I get it, as soon as I see it. Oh, you hold on to them, and you get points for them at the end. But towards the, towards the end, you can start thinking, like, okay, like, my acorn. Now I'm going to only call them acorns. My acorn. My acorn <laughs> slash pine cone is worth one point. I could cash in that one point, and if I get another bear, that's now potentially ten points. Yeah. So, like, a little risk-reward. But I also could cash in. I remember a game I played with my wife. I think I cashed in three or four on my last turn. Never found what I needed. So I just lost four victory points. I lost the game anyways. I wouldn't have won with four victory points. But you can just cash them in and just kind of do it that way. And there is one other way that the board can change. Two other ways. Was there two? There is two. I only know the one. You know them both. Oh, I must. And The one I know and what I'm thinking of is if you have at least three of the same animal token on the field, not habitat of the animal. Yep. You can choose to take all of the three aside and get three new ones from the bag. Correct. That's an optional for the active players, whoever's yep. about to draw. Um, they can choose to do that if they want to. The other one is if there's ever four of the same. So if there's all four bear, mm -hmm. you have to. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. I mean, 100 tiles, four of them, not great odds. odds. That you're gonna have four. Oh, that you'll have a bear. That you have all four that are bears. So it's even less than that. It has happened. Um, but yeah, so if three of them are the same, the player can choose. If four are the same, you have to replace all four. Didn't know that. But you only do that once for the three. Yep. So even if you take out three and you grab three different or three the same, you're you're stuck with those three. That has happened to yes. you. Times. <laughs> I don't want any more salmon, and three more salmon popped up. <laughs> and you're like, how, how, how have we not seen a bear? <laughs> there's so many salmon around. Where are the bears? <laughs> yeah. So if there's four, you have to. And I believe the four can happen multiple times. I don't think it's going to statistically, but it could. Uh, but the three, even if you get three more, you then have to cash in a nature token if you want to exchange them. And you get those nature tokens, like we said, as soon as you place it on. So as soon as you place the wildlife on that nature, on that habitat, you get a nature token. Because you put the habitat and the nature together. <laughs> but that's uh, essentially the game. There's, I mean, there's not much to talk about other than strategy on like where to place the habitat. Which we already kind of alluded to. Yeah, we we've talked like about ones a bit. together. But yeah, that is that is the whole game. You, like like Joe said in the beginning, you do take out some of the nature tiles based on the number of players, which in turn make it that there's twenty for each player. So as soon as their stack is empty, 
that player has their last turn, which gives them their 20th tile, and the game's over. So that that's how the game ends, as that's kind of the built-in timer. And I actually, I've played it with my wife that we have played it with all but two we've done the the four player wow nature and so we took i think i think that's 40 turns i believe wow. just because we had nothing else to be doing we were probably on vacation or how doing, big was that it was it got pretty big <laughs> <laughs> i doubled the size <laughs> from what you what you sounds kind of fun though yeah i mean so it's super Different. easy nothing that i mean it's not in the book that you can or should but i mean there's no reason you wouldn't be able to the hard i mean the hard thing is that space the the general standard is like you try to keep all the mountains like in your mountain range once you start having 40 tiles like you have multiple and now you're doing kind of more of like uh, cartographers where you are trying to decide like which <laughs> which lady. mountain range is my the one I'm gonna continue adding to because you, at 40 you start having multiple because it doesn't matter how many you have matter what's the largest yeah the largest connecting and there's been a lot of times that i know both of us have put our tile down be like yep that's where i want that tile and we put it at the wrong stupid angle yep. and then the mountain is covering up the river and they no longer connect and you have to get another water yep. line to make those connect i've done that more than a couple <laughs> it's cool so the one thing that's weird, so there's a lot of things you can do to change the wildlife. There's not a lot you can do to change the nature token. The uh, sorry, the uh, habitat token. I, I I can see why. You can't draw new ones with the with the nature token. Sure. You only get the four that are there. If they're all the same, which I don't think it's possible. Doesn't matter. You just, those ones are staying there. But I mean, there's been a lot of times I've been like, okay, I really want another elk. But like, and there's elk on the board. I have nature tokens. But no elk. On but no elk on any of the spots. So like, I wish there was a way I could interact with those four and change those tiles, the same way I could change the wildlife. So if you think about it, like, I get it. I don't. Humans have a big effect on <laughs> on nature and and habitat and wildlife. So we should be able to snap our fingers and change it. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to dive into that, but <laughs> I don't think it's necessary. It's not necessary, but I mean, there has been times I've been like, I, could, I would pay two of my tokens to be able to switch these. <laughs> maybe that could be a house rule. It could be. Maybe, I've never tried it. Maybe you can spend an acorn <laughs> and do either or. You have to go outside and find an acorn and then you can spend it. <laughs> That's not hard in Michigan. <laughs> Depends on the time of the year. So moving on to the scoring. Yeah, moving to scoring before we talk about strategy too much the animals so when you're scoring the animals the the wildlife you do those first it doesn't really matter maybe it makes it easier and you you score based on the cards and you have to have the wildlife or the yeah the wildlife token on the board to yep. have it count so if you need two bears you need to have two actual bear tokens in the spots that it needs to the score and then you get the points for the habitat you don't need it doesn't have to have animals on it like you could have a mountain range of 30 which seems impossible the game of 20 but you could have a mountain range of 20 and have no animals and still have a mountain range yep so the the animals need the tokens i think i don't remember if that was you the first time we played or maybe that was my wife who thought you had to have both i thought you had to have both yeah maybe because when i was doing it i was trying to be you were like filling in your line and i was like oh i thought that because I, I was like, wait, you don't need to have these connecting or these don't have to be filled in? And you're like, no. Yeah. And I was like, <sighs> yeah. So there, like, there's two parts. Like, I think on that one, we were we were playing with the hawks. Yeah. And you, they had to be a straight line from each other. So you were putting tiles in between the straight line just to get a straight line in between yeah. them. But I could do it without you. Them. Yeah. I as had long as space. As long as the straight line, it's a, it counted. I wasted two tiles. Yeah. Basically. Something like that. But the same thing with like the mountain ranges. They don't have to have animals on it. Like you can just grab the to the tile because it has a mountain, and put it down, and you get points for it. Yep. And you put you you can put the the wildlife wherever you want. Doesn't matter if the wildlife is playable. You have to play it. Mm -hmm. That's the only. It has gotten me a few times. Like I grab this because I really want the the river and the mountain tile because it fits perfectly in my board, but it has a hawk on it, and I have to place the hawk on the spot that accepts a hawk 
which then like cancels out my points or something. Are you able? Are you allowed to take a animal token for a space that you don't have a space for animal token? Yes. Okay, you are. Yeah. So if you the habitat you have to place, you can't just throw that away. For sure. You have, it's always playable. It just yeah. might not be worth points. So you place you place the the tile first, and if you have no spots for that wildlife, it just gets put back in the bag. So you lose out. I mean, at the end of the game, you hope to have 20 tiles plus your starting tile of three. So 23 spots plus 20 animals for potential scoring. But there is chances that you might only have 19 animals or less if you drew ones that you can't play. But yeah, the wildlife token is optional. The habitat you have to place. By optional, it's only optional if you don't have it. So if I physically have no spot that can take an elk, that elk tile just goes back in the bag and my turn's over. It's ironically, the scoring, like Yahtzee, you take the upper and lower portion, add them together, and there's your total. That, that is true. The, the scoreboard <laughs> piece of paper is similar to Yahtzee's scoreboard, to, to Joe's story. Can you copyright that, or is it Yahtzee? Impossible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure Yahtzee's already copyrighted. Trademarked. I'm pretty sure it's trademarked. <laughs> and probably patented somehow, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so the little pieces of paper, the little scoring pads have four columns. Yeah, for four people. For four people. You just write names or initials, and then it goes down like most games. You How many bears, and you count your bear score, and how many elks. And then down to the wildlife, or down through the wildlife, and then the habitat. That's when you count how many. So how many mountains do you have touching each other? And then, like Joe mentioned, if you have the most, you get a bonus point. Depending on how many people you play, you might get a bonus point if you have the second most. And then the nature tokens are worth, you know, one point each. And then you count up the scores, and highest score wins. What uh, what does it say for tie? I know you said that the acorns uh, determine the tie, but what if they're the same amount? It's just both, both players share victory. If it's a tie, whoever has the most nature tokens wins. If it's still a tie, they share victory. And who goes first? Kind, kind of a good one, but also, at least here, it's hard to really decide. Yeah, the the first player is the player the person who's most se- most recently seen wildlife goes first. So we live in Michigan, northern Michigan. Yes. And uh, I would say that that is every day. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who was the last person to Outside. come inside? They <laughs> were the ones that saw wildlife most likely last. <laughs> It'd be different if, like, you're in New York or something. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I don't know. I went to Minnesota <laughs> last vacation. I went to Minnesota six months ago, and I saw I saw animals. <laughs> Does a dog count as well? <laughs> No, I, but yeah, I think when we played last, like we literally could look out the slider by our, where we deer. played, and there were deer like, yeah. out there. And you're like, well, we all see them, so Who's closest to it. <laughs> I think we just let. I think I went first the first time because so you saw two yeah, people's turn. Wanted to go last, and then the next time we were like, well, you were outside most recently, <laughs> so you go first because <laughs> we all can see wildlife. <laughs> yeah, it's not very hard here, so. I'll begin strategy by saying that. How do I put it into words? I don't Losing? I, I've, I have lost every time. You beat me once. I did. By a lot. That's because I'm good at this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I did pick up on a strategy based off your wife, actually. Yeah, conveniently, as I had the game out on the counter and she came out of the office and she's like, oh, you guys are playing Cascadia. And I was like, oh, we're recording it. I'm like, we're. We don't just come down here and play. Like, this is is work. (laughs) Um, She's like, do you want me to come down as a guest speaker and tell everyone how to actually win? (laughs) I was like, ouch. She has won every time. And every time that you've played with, I have pretty sure I've beaten her. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure it was not a yes, I have. (laughs) But I've noticed that uh, when it comes to her strategy, it's often not just about the points. She plays very heavily to the habitats. Well, last time you beat her in the habitats. I know. Because you did so bad in the wildlife. <laughs> I, I was watching the one one time. I, I usually come in last with you guys. 
Uh, and I blame that on the fact that I played this least. Sure. <laughs> and we're, we're both competitive, so. So I was watching her, and <laughs> I noticed that she was focusing very heavily on, like, oh, my rivers, and she was counting hours yeah. <laughs> to add it up. And I don't I think she's ever had the option of being like, how many mountains are in this one and how many mountains? Okay, this one's bigger. Like, her mountains are always just one. Exactly. <laughs> so after noticing that, I was like, man, am I, in, I got four and she had eight. I focused really hard on the last game and I did very well in the habitats. Unfortunately, I focused too hard and I didn't do good enough <laughs> in the animals. Yeah, you, you did not do well in the animals. We had some hard scoring ones, though. I think like the fox ones had like the pairs of fox. fox with other pairs. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of that is luck of the draw. Like, I don't think like I had 18 points. I won that one, but then I did so bad on all the other ones. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to strategy, I think that's the biggest hint is when you're picking your tile and your token, don't focus all the way on the token. Yeah. Work the best with both. Yep. seems obvious when you say it. It's a lot harder to put into practice. Well, the hard part is like the scoring cards, the things that we're all focused on mm -hmm. are all about the animals. Yep. So initially, and to your point, like you're like, oh, there's a scoring card for bears. I'm focusing on bears because bears are important. But like really, in the last game, you scored five points for the fox score. Yep. And you got four points for your mountains and you literally were the least in the mountains. Which is a, like one less point yep. than your whole scoring for all of your foxes. And then like for the forest, you had eight, which you won that one. And so you got three bonus points. Yep. And so like that one, you over doubled just your foxes score. <laughs> and I think that's where the hidden scoring comes in. Yeah. That habitat part, really, you need to don't sleep on it. The habitat is something also that you don't like it's still up like you only have the four to choose from so like there is some like oh i just don't like i don't need i'm already i already have eight forests and then i'm three ahead of the next person like i don't need any more forests and maybe they're all foresty cards up but the wildlife being that there's only 20 of each and a lot of them need to be in a line or spaced apart or next to certain things you can kind of control your habitat more than you can control the wildlife, I feel like. Absolutely. Because, like, all the cards have at least two, except the keystones. But, like, even if the mountain isn't something you want, you can use the other side of it to make your river bigger or whatever. Yep. So there's there's a lot more option for scoring when, when it comes to. And sometimes you can angle them in a way where, like, the points are touching. So, like, okay, if I just get one more whatever... Yeah, let's you, say forest. I can put it in that spot. Now I have three forests in yep, a row. Exactly. It, it's just something to keep in mind. Don't just focus on the animals. And I did that the first game when I played. Very first time I played, I just thought that was all the points. I knew you got points for wildlife. I just didn't know how. Yeah. And I didn't know. <laughs> I just grabbed our first. I have like most of the. You have a handful of cards in front of you. Like the scoring pads. You did really well in the and the animals the first time we played. Thanks. It was you got fifty seven. You beat my wife. I I beat you by one. And then we both got over ten more than you in the in the habitat. But that's just the thing, right? Like the then what's my most recent game? Most recent one is the one that you beat me. Uh so you had you beat me on, I mean, you beat me on both, but you were middle of the road on animals and then you were highest on habitat and then you got second gotta life. find that middle ground. But, yeah. but that's what I'm saying is, look how many points I got just from the habitat compared to like the animals. So it's that balance. I think that's what makes this game so fun is it's kind of basically a puzzle. Yeah. I think I think on board game geek it even says a puzzly tile laying game, which I thought puzzly was a weird word. I like it. I also didn't know it was a word. Puzzly. Puzzly. With a Y. Puzzly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. I'm not gonna go down that road. It's like, wait, puzzly or puzzly? Puzzly. Interesting. So I lost my train of thought thanks to that. Puzzles. Yeah. So because it's like a puzzle. 
it's fun to be able to like oh this piece would be perfect right here oh it doesn't fit i'll try it here it's it's fun to mix and match try the different animal combinations and because of that complexity though it does make some turns really short and some turns really long <laughs> yeah because i mean if, if you wait i mean technically once you pick your tile like the next person can go yep because you can't interact with the tile board anymore until yeah. your turn again but generally we wait just a courtesy and uh, i mean no one's in a super hurry to and the game's not that long it's pretty quick it's been yeah. like 30 minute games yeah 30 to 45 and i think that's pretty a pretty good range even with four people you're not gonna be i've never felt bored it's the perfect amount of time if anything sometimes i felt short yeah and that's why the t we have played it with extra tiles just because we're like oh like if we're playing with three let's throw an extra 30 tiles in so we each get 30 tiles instead of yeah 20 how far we can go yeah how much bigger because it is it's is a pr I mean, usually we like I know with my wife and I we play it two ish times every time we play. Like we play and then we play yeah. again. Sometimes we have to play, you know, the rubber match to see who really wins. <laughs> Generally, we don't have to do the tiebreaker, but <laughs> generally. <laughs> but we have, we do like tiebreakers. However, complexity is low, but fun is high. Yeah, it is a simple game, pretty easy to teach. Like, I mean, like you said, you didn't even see the rule book until we started doing this recording, which is a good sign because yeah, the concept is easy. No one loves to like sit down and like be like, "Hey, right, here's the rule book. Here's all the things. Like, this is what you need to know." Like, even I like as two people who have a podcast about board games and rule books. Like, we don't love rule books. Yeah, we just do it so we can play games. And like this game, like it's needed to learn it. Like you can't just like pick it up and be like know what you're doing. But once you know, like you don't have to interact with it. You're not looking up key terms. Like you just. I guess the best way you're trying to put it maybe would be like the teachability. Yeah. You taught me in like a few minutes. Yeah. Generally, it's like here. Are the, like you show a few of the tiles. You show the scorecards, and you go. see two turns, and then you go. And it's nice because like we've played this with all level of skill players and at the level because you're not interacting with them so even if they don't really know what they're doing or if they're not putting any of their habitats by each other doesn't really matter because i'm still playing my habitats and still trying to score i didn't think about it it says ages 10 and up have you played it with anyone younger i've only played this so far with you yeah no i i mean i think you're the youngest person I played it with. <laughs> the four-year younger guy. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, maybe someone in their 20s, but no, not, no one... I haven't played this with any teenagers or anything. I was wondering, like, kids, like any of your nephews or... No, I haven't. I don't think we've played this. We've played a handful of games with one of my nephews and stuff, but and he's 12. Right. But I don't think we've played this. My, my point is, I think this game would be a fantastic family game. Oh, yeah. I think so. I know it's rated really high for family. I know it's rated high in general and in one game of the year. I think it's just because, and we, we talked about this in our last podcast, about the games that we thought are overrated. And that is, I think it got to the point where board games were getting... They, people thought that board games had to be complex to yeah. be good. And it kept getting more complex and more complex and just keeps going that I wonder if people are get some people are getting burnt out. I know. I mean, I feel it like when we played Spirit Island. Yeah, we play a new game and like the rule book is kind of confusing and we're trying to like and trying to figure out which parts are which and like who actually does it. And sometimes I mean. I always enjoy playing a new game, but at the same time, like, I'm just like, I just want to play. I just want to play. Like, I, I'm not just always looking to, like, look up definition. And even games that we've played a bunch, like, with Crisis Protocol, like, I still have to be like, okay, what does the, like, what do these terms mean? Like, what yep. does this one do? What does, what does Bleed do to you? And, like, so we have to, like, look up quite a bit of rules still. Yeah. On, like, a tabletop type of game. And oh. it's not oh. that it's not fun. It just... However, having a reference sheet has been invaluable. Yeah. 
But back to my point, this game came out of nowhere in a time that, like, you know, everyone was... Because this was, like, pandemic, yeah. 2021. Which is perfect for the theme, because everyone was outside. <laughs> like, everyone was exploring, going on hikes, because you literally couldn't go in public. So, like, oh, let's go in the middle of the fields and see what's out there. Like, oh, there's, there's wildlife out here. But it's refreshing. Yeah. And maybe that's why I'm having so much fun with it, is... It's it's an easy game, it's quick, and it's just fun. And we can play with anybody. That's the best part is I don't have to teach you, you know, eighteen different rules yeah. on your turn alone. It's just hey, place a tile. Yep. Place a token. It is nice because even some of those games, like even I mean to the point to like even like Wingspan and like some of those that are maybe the next level of challenging you do spend we spend our turns you know helping the other players and be yeah. like well when you activate you now do those powers and and this game like yeah like you said like as soon as you show them the tiles and explain it to them it is something there's no hands there's no secrets it's just yeah the pool of four and your in your board and they once you take it everyone can see it if they're having trouble you can be like hey I, we've done this to each other oh yeah even like with your wife and she's helped me is like I'll be like oh, I don't know where to put this and she's like well if you put it there it would make your river larger I'm like that was my idea yeah <laughs> potentially connecting to those other ones over there by the mountains <laughs> yeah it, I mean yeah it's something that is it's not a co-op game obviously there's no, but there's no co-op but there's you, which yeah, is nice it's not a, I mean it's like Wingspan you're doing your own thing you're doing your own thing you maybe interact a little bit and at the end, if you happen to have the most, like you're still trying to get points. Yeah. But That's trying to make your own board better. Yep, exactly. You're trying to make your own thing, which is refreshing. And like, I think to your point, like they did games just try to be bigger, better, more rules. And some of them do them fantastic. Sure. But sometimes it's nice just to sit down with something that's easy and fun and like really actually enjoy the evening and like play the game and have a good time playing it and yeah a game like this you can easily be you know eating pizza or something at the same time and you're not talking. being like yeah you can talk you can watch you know a hockey game or something and not be like oh i missed my turn like what did you do what did you do what did you do like it doesn't it doesn't super matter and we kind of talked about like the expansion like it'd be hard to make one they have some promo cards out they had more scoring more scoring options which is nice just in, like and like i said there's only four or five of each we've i've seen them all of all of them so i mean you for 10 bucks i think online you can get a new scoring of each animal which seems totally reasonable it's decent and that's an easy one for them to do and then just as we talked about wingspan um and by the time this releases, I'll have the nesting box pre-ordered. But not the point of this conversation. But we talked about this with Zombie Side yep. and Dead of Winter. They could add a personal scoring in this game pretty easily with an expansion. Like have it be like you get it could be animal or habitat related and like you get two bonus points if you have at least four bears on your field or something which would be super easy just to add a card and it would give you something that's secret that you're trying to do it has nothing to do with the main scoring and could just add a little little something be pretty simple to do i feel like not to make them super hard but like like thinking about wingspans like if you have animals with people's names in them yeah like, points. just a little something that gives it a little flair especially for someone i mean this game's fairly new so no one's been playing it for so long that you know it's hard to grab anymore but it'd be something to keep it on the table and keep playing it going back to the expansions i'm trying other than having like a triple tile I don't know if there is a way you could add more unless unless they add a habitat and they just add the same animals on it so you how so how many tiles are there in total 85 so like let's say they made 
15 new tiles. Uh, had to be more than that. It had to be like 30. They had to make 30 new tiles in a box. Yeah. And it has new tiles, or you can have the triple we made up. Yeah. Most likely it'll be the new tiles. Yeah. New, the new tiles would have a new starting base, and it would have a new field. Could be, let's see. What Parking lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it fits their theme. <laughs> but let's see. They have forest, mountain, wetlands, wetlands rivers. And what's the... I think it's just field. Just field. The it's like wheat. Yeah. So, so I mean, they kind of hit all of the main. The ones you think of. Think of swamp. But swamp and wetland are yes. kind of the same. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, they're not the same. But I get it. I guess you could do lake. Same kind of concept as a river, but Make it confusing. Make a difference. Ocean. Yeah, I mean this is, you know, all about Pacific. Northwest, so it is an ocean right there. So you could, you could tie it in the ocean somehow. Well, regardless, I think that they could always do another one with a new tile, and they would have to create an abundance of them so that they're available, so you can actually build it, and then other people can build it. So you need at least ten apiece. So that's what I think thirty. Yeah. And they'd have to have the same animals because you can't you can't introduce new animals too. It won't be enough. Yeah. Unless they did what Wingspan did, what did which a whole new board oh, with Oceana and there's no could, board in this game. Yeah, but they could just replace all the tiles, all of the tiles with a new. That's just its own game. It's a standalone expansion. At that yeah, point. that's true. It'd be more of a standalone. But yeah, but yeah, they could. I think they could do something. But I think I think the easy things, and especially for them, like the game's less than just over a year old. The scoring's the, by the, far easiest. The scoring's the easiest. Add a personal scoring one, maybe that could be fun. But yeah, once you start introducing, you're gonna have standalone games. But I think you could you could if they if they needed to, you know, create that to make a standalone expansion. You can mix it with or play it separate. Regardless, but not yet. It's I have too not soon. found the need for it yet. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's too soon. I mean, scoring cards are nice. Four, you do see them. So the the scoring card, newer scoring card, is a nice feature. But even that's not needed. I didn't know I was even had it until we looked it up today. It's just like cool. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, oh, they have the scoring cards. So oh, nice. I'll, I'll get four more <laughs> scoring cards or five more scoring cards and whatever. Be before we close out these conversations I think we're pretty much on the same page when it comes to how we would rate this game though well I think everyone kind of knew where I was it wasn't in my top 5 it was in your top 5 Yeah. in fairness though by the time we did your top 5 this was this was way back this was months ago at this point yeah I had not played this game as much that's true I've played this game a lot since then. yeah when we did the top 5 you, you've never played this I don't think I think I played it once, but maybe once. It wasn't game of the year yet, I don't think. No. It wouldn't have been that long ago. We, I think we're pretty much unanimous on this. What, what would you rate it? For me, I mean, obviously, like I just said, it's in my top five. And I don't expect it dropping out of my top five anytime soon. Definitely not, you know, within this year. Um, for me, it's a, it's a leave it on the table. It's a quick game like we said 30-ish minutes my wife and i will play a game or two while we eat dinner or something we take it traveling with us we just throw everything in that little tile bag and throw the bag into our our backpack or whatever it's nice to eat the box yeah we leave the box at home the box is larger than it needs to be the cards the tiles they can all fit in this yeah and so it's just we grab it whenever we go on vacation just like i said with wingspan and for, for me it's it's out there it's on it's on the table or on the bar stool next to the table <laughs> <laughs> i've become infatuated with this game and i i actually would say leave it on the table i think it's a great game to the point where you got annoyed with me because i came over we were like board game i think it annoyed we just played it like six times in a row <laughs> and i was like because you asked like oh what do you want to play you brought all these games out and i said Hey, how about let's play Cascadia? <laughs> and you were like, <sighs> I'll always play Cascadia. I don't mind. <laughs> you sighed. And then your wife said, go get Cascadia. Because <laughs> I was going to lose her again. <laughs> but I, I, I love this game. 
and I'm not going to spoil a conversation for a later podcast. You have to tune in for that. But I, I think this game is a must own. Yeah. And I'm probably going to, at this point, we're so close to Black Friday. I'm probably just going to wait because at this three weeks away, and you're guaranteed usually a deal. Yeah. AEG and Flat Out, I mean, both large enough. I mean, they're going to be on sale somewhere. Something. I'm not saying it even has to be on sale. This is a great game I'd buy yeah. for the price. But in, in like in this in this case, I'm going to wait. It's worth waiting. You don't see board games on early Black Friday sales very often. Usually the week of. Yeah. They do week of Like sales I know now. like Best Buy is already doing Black Friday pricing. Because some people do the whole month. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And so we just got a new pair of headphones and save. No, they're like half off. Wow. They're like Black Friday special or something. Uh, but yeah, I think so. And you just got another game from them, which I'm actually excited to play, uh, which is AEG and Flat Out together again, which is that Verdant. That, oh, Verdant, yeah. yeah. Which so. you were like, it's been out for a while. It, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you kickstarted that. You kickstarted that one, I right? I did. So I didn't know you kickstarted that, and then it showed up the other day, and I was like, oh, it's a similar you bought it premise. But I was like, oh yeah, I kickstarted it. I was like. It's been. I've seen that on shelves, like, <laughs> and you just got the Kickstarter. <laughs> it took a while, but I got it. Yeah, with all the Kickstarter exclusives. That's true. There <laughs> and there is some Kickstarter exclusive scoring for this game for this too, game. Uh, which I did not kickstart this because I didn't. It wasn't that early adoption, but which is funny because I kickstarted Verdant way before I even heard of Cascadia. Yeah, <laughs> it's been like two years. But yeah, AEG and Flatout have a handful of games that they have done together that. I mean, like we've talked about, I think we've talked about them before, but like Calico, the cat game. That's really popular. Um, Point Salad is supposed to be really good. That's made by them. Truffle Shuffle is made <laughs> by them. Um, and they're all, they all seem to be... It's not similar, but simpler. Simpler is a good, yeah. And fun. They focus a lot on fun. Yep. Less on like over the top. Yeah. Less on getting 200 miniatures and like all these crazy things are just back to why we all started board gaming i think that's like we said before it's just refreshing yeah i agree i like complex games with strategy and a lot of moving parts we played dino world very recently and that that is a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts but it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun again that game though like there wasn't a whole lot of need like we had the rule book out because we were learning it while we were playing it but like there was not a lot of crazy terms nope you just it's pretty easy. once you knew what you were doing like you just it just had a lot of moving parts yeah, a lot of, a lot of things happening but yeah that was that was a good fun game for sure but again that is so over the top complex and there are other games we played even recently like that too where going back i just had a lot of fun being like being able to relax i can sit back slouch my shoulders yeah and just be like ah yeah, I mean that the point of board games is to have fun. to have fun, I think. And uh, win. And well yeah, the point of board games is to win. <laughs> Some points you give up on that one and just focus on the fun part since you don't win anymore. But but yeah, I mean the point is to have fun and to go somewhere that is different. I mean I think board gaming as a hobby is, you know, similar to, you know, someone who's really into like reading. Like it takes you to a world that maybe you don't live in or aren't a part of and you get to interact and do things and not that you're escaping but like you get to go and how many people get to actually go to the pacific northwest and explore and see fox and bears and elk and like even as someone like the two of us like i haven't been up there <laughs> i mean i've been in seattle's airport but i don't think that counts <laughs> I'll be there next year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. But great game. Yeah. Fantastic game. Highly recommend it. I'm going to pick it up. So it's definitely not going to let your friend buy it. Yeah. I, I already have yourself. it, so I'm not buying it again. But I will buy the Exanted Explorer. Actually, I just hit purchase. But <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have new scoring cards to come eventually, too. But yeah. Well, that's all I got. You can find our page on Instagram at instagram.com slash where is the rulebook or email us at where is the rulebook at gmail.com. And don't forget to like or subscribe on however you're listening to us today. Give us any sort of ranking, any words in there help us.
And for this week's question, let us know the last uh, animal or last wildlife you saw out in the wild. Or tell us what you had for lunch or dinner. I don't care. Joe doesn't care. We're going to look at them. We're going to laugh. But if you put something in there, it helps us in the rankings so other people find us. Uh, And like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, this episode and all of season two will be sponsored by Lantern Games, a local game store in Traverse City, Michigan. They do have an amazing website. They do ship uh, for lantern.games is their website, which is super cool. It's not a .com. I think it's really cool. It's a .games. Also from their website or if you go into the store, if you use the discount code RULEBOOK, you will receive 10% off, and that includes online purchases or, like I said, in-store purchases. So you can check out their website. You can uh, get a game sent to you or some magic cards or whatever else you might be looking for, and you get to save 10% by using the discount code RULEBOOK. Uh, but I think all of these games that we've talked about, all the games that we're going to talk about, are owned by either Joe or myself or, in many cases, both of us. Uh, so they're not sponsored game reviews or anything. And last but not least, huge shout out to John Ransom for making our theme song. And if you liked our theme song as much as we both do, check out Jack Pine uh, for more music where John is slapping bass for them. Um, And check out their newest album, Embers, on Spotify streaming today. Thanks for playing.